Hello there. My name is Dr. Biff Naked. And here you are, freaking awesome you, tuning in right now to the most freaking awesome podcast you could have possibly chosen, aptly named The Freaking Awesome Podcast. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> Let's kill that bass head. Alright, let's do this. I'm on the air, we on the air, we got this pockets flow. It's me and Zoli on the mics, we gotta let you know. Of current events, little gaming, sprinkling some entertainment. We stay humble, but our mom still thinks we're famous. Turn up the bass and baby, maybe let that magic flow. Our spoken word is all the things you really wanna know. Having a good time on the show, T Bows and Maddie G. Tune in and hit subscribe and join us on the FAP. Welcome back, everybody, to the Freaking Awesome Podcast. I am your host, Anthony Bose, and today's guest is an inspiration and founding member of one of Canada's most influential bands, inducted into the Canadian Music Hall of Fame in 2017, and just shy of 40 years together, but still rocking the scene, we welcome Brad Merritt of 5440. Brad, thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you for having me, Anthony. We are going to uh, have you sit shotgun and uh, quickly go through some of our funny news articles. And uh, we, we're going to jump to uh, a few questions about uh, you and 5440, if you don't mind. Absolutely. Excellent. So uh, our first article is uh, Walmart Canada apologizes for selling sweater of Santa doing cocaine. Uh, a Walmart Canada faced a whole lot of backlash this week as people realized that one of its ugly sweaters reading Let It Snow, was talking of a very different kind of snow. The, pic- uh, the sweater depicts Santa with suspiciously large pupils, happily sitting in front of a table that appears to have three lines of cocaine on it, and in his hand he holds what looks like a glass straw. If the garment's image was not all open to the interpretation, the website's product description certainly clarifies the intended meaning with lines, no pun intended, that it, they say that's why Santa really likes to savor that moment when he gets his hands on some quality grade A Colombian snow. Drug dealing sweater. Okay. How are we feeling about that? Well, uh, I, yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I, yeah. I think I think that uh, Santa. I think there's more than one way to look at Santa, and I think looking at Santa with a sense of humor is a good way to look at Santa. And obviously, the real Santa would never do anything like that. Clearly, but yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I, the other thing is to, to. I mean, how the hell does he get all that work done in one night? Right? <laughs> so, you do question, right? But, I mean, how many people yeah, like I mean, to even stay up for twenty four hours? Period. <laughs> right. So maybe maybe Walmart's Chinese supplier actually is know something that we don't know. <laughs> well, I mean, I've definitely seen this uh, this sweater in person when I was walking through the store. I didn't actually notice the cocaine reference, uh, obviously, until I re-saw the picture thinking, oh, oh, yeah, definitely. I thought it was a very looking, a weird-looking Santa, uh, as most ugly sweaters don't really depict the, you know, that perfect truth of, of something. Uh, but this was right. uh, one of those things that, of course, when you look back and you're like, ah, oh, how did I miss that? At the same time, you realize how hilarious it is. Um, it's it's, it, it's hilarious. It is. I mean, it's it's great because some you know graphic artist actually kind of worked on this probably you know in early summer or something like that, and uh, you know made made it up and then came up with this idea and then they shipped it off. Now I don't know who would have you know made the decision. They were do this <laughs> who approved whether, that? You know, right? Yeah. It, it, it looks like something they 
and I, getting away with something, I think, is is good. You know, I yeah. like. I guess I think it's a good thing. It's true. I was a graphic designer for 12 years, and uh, it's really funny because uh, this is totally something that would be with my wheelhouse of humor. Uh, but I feel like maybe instead of Walmart, this sweater should have been maybe more intended for a Spencer's or something, one of those uh, adult type of joke stores. Um, now, it was my understanding that this did not get sold in the American uh, Walmarts. It was only Canadian Walmarts. Oh, yeah. okay. That's Independent well, buyers, feel... maybe. Yeah... Yeah, yeah. I I don't know. I don't know what to say about that. I mean, I, I this, the difference between the two countries. I I think that, that, that I find that strange. It's true. We're we're a little bit more PC yeah. related, and yet maybe we've got a better sense of humor. Yeah, I, I would think so. I mean, I, I without a doubt, our country has a better sense of humor than the United States does. Yeah. Here, here. That's, <laughs> I, I I will. I mean, if just think about it. I mean. You know, every other writer for The Simpsons is Canadian, right? For starters, yeah, it's true. You know, you've got the whole Seven Night Live, you know, alumni and writers, big chunk of Canadians there. All Canadians, and then yeah. you've got, uh, you know, all the the comedic actors and stand up comedians, and uh, it's it's you know it's it's and that's been going on for a long, 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 long time. And I think part of it is that, you know, we actually understand irony. Yep. And and when things get parodied, you know, it doesn't have to actually be in in uh, an animated form for us for us to get it and appreciate it. So, that's true. Yeah. Um, Don't forget about all our amazing Canadian is, bands too. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> right. so, okay. So that's all I have to say on that. Okay. Uh, so uh, next article: single mom marries a rug in a bizarre wedding ceremony at a carpet shop. Uh, so there are numerous cases of people getting married to non-human partners, but one single mom may be the first person in history to have gotten married to a carpet. Uh, mom of two, Becky Cox, married her beloved Matt in a special service hosted by a celebrant at a independent fitters carpet store close to her home in Stockport. It became a bit of a thing with her friends uh, to joke around, if you love Matt so much, why don't you marry him? So she did just that. Uh, she was very obsessed with this mat. Uh, when the kids were in bed, she would often lie down with them and uh, tell them her most private thoughts. Um, she said that she's a single mom. So if he's become a, confident, uh, a confidant and has always been able to think uh, through properly when they've been together. So uh, a few months ago when people had said, well, you should marry this mat if you love him so much, jokingly, she did just that. Uh, the... Dr. Beckman's uh, carpet cleaning company had gotten in touch with them uh, when they heard this story and thought they wanted to get involved. So they paid for her wedding and uh, gave her as much carpet care products as uh, she could use in a possible lifetime. Mm. Okay. Yeah. So, Anthony, I have a question for you. Okay. Where is Stockport? Uh, Stockport. I believe this is over in the UK. Right. That's, that's, I get that impression. Yeah. So, Another country that has an evolved sense of humor. Right? <laughs> it's true. England, I mean, if you think about all the uh, all the kind of the dark comedies, uh, you look at a lot of the stuff that Monty Python, this kind of fits right in there with, with the standard British humor, doesn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. There's no question about it. Yeah, Simon <laughs> Pegg. I mean, yeah. all that stuff. It's Yeah, I'm, I'm totally... So, so this woman has an evolved sense of humor. It's hilarious. And uh, I think it's a fantastic thing. Now, the thing is, I, don't, I have another question for Anthony. What okay. what happens? What happens if she 
you know, she's a single mom now, mm-hmm. uh, but you know, she might become romantically involved with uh, someone else down the line. <laughs> and if if they want to actually get married, if she wants to remarry, uh, a, I'm talking about a person, a human being. Yeah. Does she have we to hope. divorce the carpet? <laughs> Does she have to divorce the carpet, or can she get in some sort of polygamous? kind of thing. You know, that's so, a great question because I don't know yeah. how legal or how legally binding this this uh, marriage is. If it is, um, maybe <laughs> maybe like it's a swinging thing. Maybe as long as the carpet's involved, <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's, that's just, yeah, that's you know what? Right? And that's not it's not for me to judge. <laughs> exactly. No. Whatever floats your boat. I mean, if she's married to a carpet at this point, you know, like I feel like the sky's the limit. <laughs> yes, absolutely. absolutely. So definitely weird. Uh, I, I agree. She must have a really good sense of humor uh, and or is just batshit crazy, and in which case I, I worry for her children, um, especially yes, that, if they decide to bring point. someone home to mom, right? <laughs> Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Yeah, it's like, this absolutely is my mother right. and my stepfather, the Matt. <laughs> <laughs> you got to explain right. that one at some point. Um, all right, so the next article we have is Dad takes over daughter's social media account as a punishment, and he's more popular than she is. So a 15-year-old, yes. <laughs> a 15-year-old girl uh, who chose to let her dad take control of her social media as punishment quickly regretted her decision as he posted a series of hilarious photos and videos. When 15-year-old Madeline was caught help sneaking boys into a sleepover party, her parents decided she needed to be punished. Uh, they had offered her two choices, and one was to lose her phone for a month, or the other was a reduced yeah. sentence of two weeks without a phone, but her parents was, had the freedom of using her social media account. Uh, picking the latter, uh, the Texas student had then seen pictures of her dad posting selfies on Instagram with the caption, felt cute, might delete later, and dancing uh, to a TikTok or wearing, uh, on a TikTok wearing crop top and jean shorts that apparently were hers, uh, which left, left her begging to change her choice. Um, now, the father had said, uh, nope, you made the, cho- the decision, and I've got a lot of other great ideas. Now, right. it wasn't the only bad news for Madeline, who had seen her social media account surge in popularity with fans desperate to keep up with Larry's antics. Uh, the dad has seen being uh, come ever so popular with the daughter's classmates, uh, and who these classmates also regularly check her Snapchat for updates. Um, apparently, it's not unknown uh, to Madeline uh, to be embarrassed by her father, who is often uh, shown or seen picking her up at school dressed as the school mascot with music blaring, making sure all eyes have no choice but to pay attention to her. Yeah, no, I, I love that too. Okay, I now, great. is this a good punishment or is this just a dad being going over the top? Well, it's, uh, both. Okay. And yeah, and you know, sometimes hyperbole is just another way of you know making a point. So sometimes you have to go over the top. I mean, you have you should you have to. So yeah. that so that it comes to the territory. Now here's the the ironic part here, right? Is that she chose her own punishment, right? If she could have gone for another two more weeks without her phone, right? You know, and, if you, and if you've already gone two weeks without a phone, chances are you can go a long time without your phone. Right? It's just you know, it makes me so, think like kids are not very bright. I mean, my kids know don't screw with dad. You know, like because yeah. he can do something that will be absolutely embarrassing and or uh, it could be worse. But I feel yeah. 
as from a dad's point of view, um, th- I mean, my my girls are uh, very stubborn about certain things, and and I feel like the only way you could uh, get through to them on a punishment nowadays is embarrassing them versus yeah. uh, or taking away social media, right? Because yeah. I find kids nowadays just don't almost know where the line is sometimes. Yeah. And, and uh, the only way they're going to truly remember not to mess with a parent is when suddenly their friends become a parent to what's happening. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. I, yeah, it's interesting. I yeah. like it. Yep. Uh, I, I feel like uh, it, it could be, it could definitely reflect or, or a lot of people could say, no, it's being cruel by embarrassing her because it could be seen as a, as a form of, of bullying or something that's going on nowadays. But I, I definitely feel like uh, people need to lighten up, see the humor of it and, and realize this isn't like the days where you used to, uh, you know, physically punish your child. Uh, it, it's now kind of a, a bit of a more of a mind game. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah, you know, I you have to leave that one with me. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna have to think about that one some more. But uh, uh, you know, my my immediate reaction is 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 um, I I just find the humor in it. Yep. And uh, you know, having had a daughter that was once 15 years old, you know, I just uh, I just uh, I, I I know that just saying hello to them with other people around they can find embarrassing. So yeah, so uh, <laughs> it's <yeah>. true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so, all right. Uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, it, it's winter time, and, and when that is, uh, the stouts are flowing in full effect. Uh, are you a bit of a beer man yourself? I, I am. I you are. Say yes. Perfect. Uh, do you like stout? Yeah. Do you like Guinness? So I do. I Wonderful. Do. Um, yeah, one of my my favorites actually when I'm out is is as uh, a, a black and tan. Oh, excellent. Which is a a pale ale on the bottom, and then a, and then the Guinness on top. You know, and, and they're quite delineated where it's just, it's, you know, literally it's tan on the bottom and black on top. And it's a beautiful I, balance. And, and when it's done properly, it looks really slick. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's all, all about the poor. True. Now, I'm going to get to a point on this, but I have to ask you, are you aware of the terms uh, black and silk and black velvet? As it, as it applies to, to beer? As it applies to beer. Yes. No, I, I, I'm not. Oh, okay. I was hoping that you could help decide, uh, uh, like, to see what it's like over on the west side of Canada, because uh, in central Ontario, there's a big argument that's happening about uh, a black and silk and um, a black velvet. And a black Ooh. and silk, apparently, is Guinness floated on top of a cider, uh, where right. black velvet is Guinness floated on top of champagne. Interesting. Yeah. So next I, time you're I, I, you're out at the bars, you should ask. Uh, now I think it's a bit of an oxymoron because a lot of places that carry Guinness don't generally carry champagne. That makes sense too. Yeah. 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 So maybe that's why it's a black velvet. It's a little bit more luxurious if you find some, find someone who has both. Yeah. So uh, I, I I would say that you know um, I just I would have to try it. So I'm keeping an open mind. Yeah, but I it, n- neither one of them sounds uh, like something that uh, I just you know I don't like the uh, the the grain and the grape mm-hmm. mixed together. I don't yep. like that idea. I have no problem drinking good champagne on its own though. I, mm-hmm. That's that, that's something I've learned how to do. 
they realize that, you know, when you graduate from high school, someone gives you champagne and it's shitty. Right? <laughs> and then you get a little older and, and somehow you're celebrating something or what have you done something and you, you buy a good bottle of champagne and you go, oh my God, that's pretty good. Right? So, <laughs> Maybe I've yet to try really good champagne because every time I try it, I think it's shitty. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I can't. I can't imagine people pay so much money for that. <laughs> well, that's that's yeah. I get it. And the funny thing is, it's it's made with beer technology, right? That's right. I know so. it's so crazy. Uh, so the point of this article, I want to tell you, and and it's more of a, a fun fact that I didn't know. But uh, apparently, Guinness went out and did a study uh, to find out how much Guinness is wasted annually due to being trapped in facial hair. Uh, and as someone with a, with a beard, I, I actually find this very interesting because when I go to drink a, a Guinness, of course, you always get that foam that's stuck up on your, on your mustache. Um, sure. And their records came back with 162,719 pints of Guinness are wasted annually because of facial hair. Oh. Well, I, you know, the, I, my first thought there is that that, that would, you might want to uh, go clean shaven, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Or or maybe people are just like, what happens? Like it, it, it to me, if I've got beer foam on my upper lip, I'm going to lick that off. I'm not going to waste it. I'm not going to just like wipe it off with a napkin. I guess I'm not that classy. <laughs> oh, you know what? I, I that case, I like that idea too. Right? That works for me. <laughs> yeah, that's why they call it the flavor saver. <laughs> No, I'm sure it's, it's for actually the flavor saver. It's for other reasons completely, but that's what I'm going to use it for in this article. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So getting back to the uh, the uh, what was the uh, what was the, the the black and silk? Yes, or the black silk. So that that one, uh, you know, uh, if, if you probably could try that. Mm-hmm. You know, but but I, I can't see that it's going to work for me. Uh, but you know. If someone pours me one to try, I will definitely do it. I, I don't even think I would take the risk of ordering it on a, any kind of beer that I have to pay for. So that's, <laughs> that's the way I feel about all that action. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. All right, Brad. So let's talk about 5440. Uh, you guys oh. were inducted into the Canadian Music Hall of Fame a couple of years back. Congratulations. Yeah, we were. Yeah. Thank you. How does it feel? Uh, well, at the time, it was really quite amazing and and. Because it was, it was quite a ceremony, you know. It was, uh, you know, a ballroom full of people, and uh, the guys from Rush were there. They just received a big humanitarian award, and oh, wow. uh, we were inducted the same, the same time that uh, Jan Arden was, and she made a great and funny speech, and we loved Jan, and um, and uh, you know Neil uh, uh, spoke on our behalf, and uh, I thought you know what he said was just great, and. Uh, and we got to play, which was great. We were the band that played, and uh, that's great. So, and I think it was quite it was quite a gratifying experience. And also, the neat thing was it was, it was uh, Canadian Music Week, and, and um, a lot of it was taking place at the hotel we were staying at in Toronto, and mm-hmm. uh, and so we were running into people that you know we had known uh, on and off, you know, since probably our first tour out to uh, out to Ontario. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, it was neat running into them and, and, uh, you know, just, just sort of, uh, getting the esteem of our, our peers. Uh, it was, and, and not in and of itself so much, but it was just fun to see them and to be there and celebrating something, you know? Yeah. So I, I, I was, it was pretty, a pretty amazing thing. Oh, no, I, now I don't reflect on it at all until you ask me the question. So there you go. <laughs> well, I was going to ask you, uh, like, so in, in, 
it's such a big difference, right? Being able to perform in front of uh, thousands and thousands of fans. But what what was it like performing in front of your peers? Um. Well, uh, uh, normally, uh, well, it depends. I, I, I was, it was fine. You know, yeah. it's like when we're up there and doing our own thing. It's especially from my perspective. You know. Uh, if I don't like what I see out there, I can always close my eyes. Yep, that's true. <laughs> so, but uh, uh, for all the people that you know that uh, you know are in the broadcast industry uh, uh, and are checking their watch, mm. there's people who like are standing up, you know, and uh, you know clapping to the beat. Yeah. So, uh, so we just kind of concentrate on those people, and uh, you know, three songs later, it's all over. So it's just fine. <laughs> Do you, do you get like a, a thumbs up from Getty Lee? Uh, so yeah, we did. You yeah. did. And, and, <laughs> that's and, amazing. And Alex Lifeson. <laughs> really? Yeah. That's so funny. I can't remember what we're talking about. We're talking about how you know the band started out. And we're sleeping on people's floors and and you know driving five hundred miles between you know two hundred dollar shows. <laughs> and then he, so Neil's talking and he sees he sees uh, uh, Getty and Alex kind of nodding their heads. And he points at me and goes, you guys know what we're talking about. And they both <laughs> nod their heads. Like, you know, it's like, it's, you know, it's, 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 uh, you know, it's, it's not that we, uh, you know, achieved, you know, international stardom mm-hmm. or anything like that. Uh, but, you know, we, there was, there's a, a, a kind of a level of a success that's worth celebrating, but like every other successful act, it always starts from some sort of humble beginning, right? That's right. And so, and we spent a little time talking about that and reflecting on that at the time. And, um, you know, I think one of the things that Neil said, we were very grateful for the friends we made along the way because the people who helped us, you know, whose floors we slept on, uh, we did that for a few years, you know? Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, and then we were playing, you know, bigger shows and doing more things and, you know, they were, we were able to, you know, put them on the guest list and treat them well, and and so we were able to to share that, and uh, I think that's a that's a neat thing for any band as well. Yeah, well, and and also for anybody who's kind of helped you along the way, they uh, to see you guys rise in your stardom and just being like, that guy slept on my floor. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure, exactly. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> They hear the song on the radio and they and they feel a little differently than the average person. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, now you guys have been together for just shy of forty years. Now yep. you, you got to tell me, like, what is one of the funniest things that have happened to you guys on your journey get together? Oh, it's it's there's it's where do you begin? You know? <laughs> is there something that like really uh, stands out? You like, oh man, I can't believe this happened one time, or or. Um, you know, like you were pranking each other. So, because I mean, at this point, like you guys are like brothers. You know, you've been together for so long. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, there was uh, yeah, uh, Neil detuned all of my bass strings before I uh, we went out and played an encore. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I didn't think it was funny, but he thought it was hilarious. <laughs> uh, uh, we had, we were just leaving a, 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 a what was it called? The Tower Records Conference in Sacramento, California. And we were, you know, sharing a table with the guys from Aerosmith, and and uh, Kay Lang was performing, and it was a wonderful night. And and uh, and we were drinking, obviously, on, the, on our record company's account the whole night. And uh, and so it was our our lighting guy, and he's sitting in the uh, the jumper seat on the bus, and we're, the bus is driving off or driving down the streets of Sacramento. 
and I think he just kind of leans forward and happens to hit hit the uh, the handle on the door. Yeah, and tumbles out of our of our moving bus. <laughs> and, and yeah, and the bus driver goes, "Yeah, we lost somebody." You know, he, he takes a while to slow the bus down here, and then we all jump out of the bus and you know run back you know two hundred feet behind the bus and. <laughs> Pick him up, dust him off, and get him back in the bus again. You know, unfortunately, oh, he was able to roll with it. Yeah, yeah. so there's things like that that just—no pun know, intended. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, yeah, yeah, right. There's no pun intended. Uh, but yeah, right, roll, roll with it. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, um, yeah. Um, what else? Uh, funny stuff. Funny. Uh, you know, there's a uh, we did this thing with much music where they did kind of a I want to call it almost like a documentary. It was I don't know how long it was. I'm going to say a half hour. Okay. Um, and uh, you know they had you know the tragically hip were in Australia and they did their own version of uh, Baby Land where they changed the lyrics around and uh, Pursuit of Happiness is in it and uh, uh, Spirit of the West. And, oh wow! And, and you know other bands and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And so we had did these impromptu uh, kind of uh, things on on the street, and uh, you know we were the band, and uh, Simon I can't remember Simon's last name, but he was more of a producer, but he was starting to do a bit of sort of VJing as well. Um, uh, was kind of, kind of there, you know, asking us questions you know, the microphone, and people actually would like kind of move through us to talk to him. Right. And uh, I don't I think other people would think that's funny, but I thought it was just absolutely hilarious. It's you know? great. <laughs> and, and it's just, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yet video killed the radio star. You know? Yep, yeah. It was, it was, it was, so, you know, uh, and I think there's a lot of that in our band. Uh, uh, stuff that we find funny, it's kind of hard to communicate a lot, sort of in our band culture. It's, we're, pretty, we're four pretty funny guys. Yep. Uh, Neil, I think, is probably the funniest. Um. And uh, so there's a lot of laughter, and that which I think is kind of one of the keys to to sticking around as long as we have. You know, mm-hmm. um, we're able to to laugh. Uh, one of the things that uh, uh, Courtney Taylor uh, said from the Dandy Warhols, mm-hmm. he says it's only, only two things. You know, when you're in a band, it's either fun or it's funny, and uh, we've adopted that uh, kind of as our credo, right? So yeah. we don't want anything get us down and it's not fun it's funny yeah and if it's sure. not funny now it'll be funny you know next week so um it's it's important to us definitely and and you really have to it, it's kind of part of enjoying what you do right i mean as long as you're still enjoying it and you're having a good laugh along the way when it becomes too serious and it becomes too much like work then then a lot's where a lot of people want to say i'm kind of done doing this yeah, no, that's, we've, we've had that conversation many times, and mm-hmm. everyone's on board. Right? You've know, you got to be able to make a living. It's got to be fun. For know, sure. Either one of those two things goes away, well, we'll find something else to do. Yeah. It, l- luckily, you guys haven't really had to worry about that, right? Like you've no, been, that's been right. doing this for so well, long. We but did at, this at the point, beginning. Yeah? Well, the, f- the first 10 or, 10 or 11 years we did, but then, but then uh, things got a little easier for us. Yeah, no, yeah. that's that's super good. That uh, as uh, time progresses, uh, I mean, I guess first of all, it, it's not that much pressure for you to to, or maybe it is. I don't know. You can tell me. Um, is do you ever feel like that that pressure to still be putting out new albums? Like, do you do you feel like, hey, we've done our time, we have fun, and at this point now, 
uh, we put out an album when we know it's ready? Or do you just feel like that there's a, you're still trying to keep up? Um, because at this point, you've influenced so many different other bands out there. Um, what what happens now that you guys have been together for 40 years? Yeah. So, yeah, you, you, you kind of, uh, it's a binary question. You know, mm-hmm. you said, do you just, you know, do you feel an urge to keep up or do you just sort of, you know, put out records when you feel like putting out records. Yeah. Um, yeah, we, we, we have a, we, we, we have our own schedule now. We don't go by anybody else's schedule. Which is great. Cause but at this point you're just going to put out pure gold because you, you've know that you've, you've got all the heart and the feeling and everything you want into it. And, uh, you know, when you put that song out, it's because specifically you want it out for a reason. Yeah. We're, we're extremely proud of our last two records. Um, the last one, keep on walking, mm-hmm. um, which was, released almost two years ago, 22 months ago or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it's, it's for me, I, it's like, it's, it's one of the few records I'd actually put on and listen to from beginning to end. Oh yeah. You know? And I, it was, it's, it, there's a lot of reasons for that. I think by a part of that is, um, uh, you know, we worked with four different producers uh, on the record. And uh, so it's, uh, it hangs together. You know, thematically and from a sound perspective, but it's um, just uh, there's just a different way which each of these uh, producers approached recording us. Okay. And and um, so I think it um, there's this variety there uh, in approach which uh, just makes it kind of novel for us. You know, rather than having this thing which is you know you work with the same person. Mm-hmm. All the way from the beginning, which is nothing wrong with that. Yep. Um, but but uh, it just it's just kind of a flow, an ebb and a flow that that uh, I find uh, kind of refreshing. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of actually of, of some of uh, your songs from the past, uh, I, I just want to talk briefly. Uh, I'm not sure if a lot of our listeners know about this, but uh, your song "I Go Blind." Um, mm-hmm. it's my understanding, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, uh, that when this was put out, uh, it, it did well, but when it was remade by, or, or covered by Hooting the Blowfish, it like exploded. Uh, and I think maybe because it was like on, it was done on the Friends soundtrack, if I remember correctly. Yes. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. so was that one of those things that, um, cause when, when generally, when you and when I, if I remember correctly, it's not like they really changed the song in any way. If you listen to Hootie and the Blowfish version versus Fifty Four Forties version, the original version, they still sound yeah. somewhat identical. Um, yeah. So, so what what makes a difference of all of a sudden? Is it just because it made a, a lot more um, popularity because of it? You know, kind of surrounding itself around the Friends trend at the time. Okay. So. so. Uh, let me just um, start at the beginning here. Yeah. Uh, that was our first record with Warner Brothers, released mm-hmm. in uh, June of 1986. And I Go Blind was never released as a single in the United States. Ah, okay. It, it was only released as a single in Canada. It was the third single. Yeah. The record company didn't want to promote it. They wanted us to record another record. Right. So, so we did mm-hmm. that. We did the I Go Blind as a single in Canada only. Yeah. So... The the Hootie guys um, 
we we were aware aware of them before they, when they were you know barely a band when they were just a frat band because they would come to our shows when we played in Washington D.C. Okay. We used to play this club called the Nine Thirty Club, and uh, it was like on F Street or something like that. And uh, they were both from uh, Dean and Mark were both from Maryland, but they went to school at the University of South Carolina, and would be playing in the summer, and they'd be home, so they'd be able to you know go and see us play. And they, you know, go backstage and drink our beer and eat pizza and say, you know, we love you guys and we play the whole green record from beginning to end and we play, you know, kind of frat parties and all that kind of stuff on campus. And we went, yeah, yeah, good, that's great, you know. <laughs> and then, and then, uh, you know, so a few years later, um, they released that cracked review, and. Uh, someone told us, you know, cause they were starting to get big, right? They, they hadn't even sold a million records, but they were starting to sell pretty good. Mm-hmm. And on, that, on their first single, they said, Hey, they recorded, I go blind and they, it's on the B side of their seven inch single. And went, oh, that's kind of cool. And then we followed their career and then just, you know, the thing just started to snowball. And I can't remember how many millions of records that record sold, but it's around 20 million records, I think. Wow. wow. And it was like, Holy smokes! You know, it's like too bad they didn't put "I Go Blind" on the record because that would have been, you know, a tidy sum of money. <laughs> but uh, so, so what happened was uh, the um, there they they had they had five singles on that record, and then they started they were recording their next record, like Fairweather Johnson, I think it was called. And but radio was looking for some sort of de facto single just to sort of tide them over. Okay. So, so they they had they had their song on the Friends TV show. And it was on the Friends soundtrack. Yep. And it was, and it was never released off uh, as a single off that record. That was probably uh, at the at the record company's request. They didn't want it to take away from their thing. Yeah. But what happened is radio in the United States just started to play it. Uh-huh. You know, one because it's a great song. Yeah. Two because it's hooting the blowfish. You know, and they're amazing. And three, they're looking for a song from them. Yeah. Uh, to like, you know, they can keep on playing. And the, I think it was the fourth reason why it's still played down there a lot is because it's, it's hard to get. Right. It was never released as a single mm-hmm. down there, but either by us or by them. Yeah. It was never uh, uh, a featured track off uh, Friends Record, and it was never on a on a Hootie album. So wow. it's there's, it's like a Hey Hey My My or you know like Led Zeppelin or whatever or, you know one of those songs that's it's or some of the Beatles stuff that was never on albums right yeah uh, it was just released as a single you know where it's 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 you know to to, to play it it takes a bit more effort you know uh, and when you hear it it's just appreciated a bit more because of that so um, for sure you know. Uh, Anyway, so that, I, I, that's that's what happened there, and uh, it's you know we're, we're eternally grateful uh, to the Hootie guys for uh, you know recording it in the first place and mm-hmm. and, and nice coming to our shows and yeah yeah and being a fan and, and it's just worked out well for them and for us. That's amazing. Now I I heard that there was uh, some kind of a uh, royalties or something from that that came back and and was enough to help you guys build a, your own recording studio. It did. Yeah, no, we, that's what we did. We bought a bunch of gear with it and, uh, we ran a studio in Vancouver for, I don't know, 10 or 12 years. It's amazing. Um, did, did a bunch of records there. Wow. Um, and if we didn't do the whole record there, we, we did what quite often did, we do our overdubs there. Yeah. 
yeah, we did the um, casual viewing record there completely. So okay. Now I <laughs> I gotta ask, like, surely there is someone, uh, or even maybe it was just Warner Brothers at the time. Like, someone must be kicking themselves and saying. Why didn't we make that a single down in the U.S. way back when it was originally recorded? Yeah, or, or maybe so it would be too early. Maybe it was ahead of its time. Yeah, it's um, it's it's complicated, Anthony. It's mm-hmm. you're getting into uh, history and lore, which aren't exactly the same thing. That's but, true, uh, uh, but are similar. Yeah. Uh, when when the record was released in '86, I thought this is it. We're on our way. It's a great record. It's going to do great. Now, what happened was uh, the record was released in June, and in May of that year was the uh, the independent promotion scandal or the Paola scandal, which took place. So, so it's quite documented in the in the book called Hitmen. I don't know if you read that, but anyway, mm. uh, what happened is that the record companies would pay radio to play songs on the radio. Yes. So. And it was all, yeah, so it was, uh, and they, and, uh, of course, record companies wouldn't do that themselves because, uh, you know, they wanted, you know, plausible deniability. So they would hire these third parties to do it. Uh, okay. uh, and they're called independent promoters, independent record promoters. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, so when that scandal broke, then of course they stopped hiring these guys and they didn't have their own in-house marketing department to be able to uh, promote, uh, their songs and singles to the radio. And so there was like just a, this kind of freeze that took place in, in the United States. If it wasn't for MTV, I don't know if we ever would have been able to launch because MTV played the crap out of that Baby Ran single from, from uh, the Green Record. Yep. And that's what sold as many records as it did and got the interest that it did and allowed us to tour down there uh, on that record. So and we did that, and then we did uh, I Want to Know as a single, and then, uh, like I said, I Go Blind came out as a single in Canada, but not in the United States. If it had, or if they were able to promote these singles properly, mm-hmm. you know, we might have be at a whole other level in the United States. But here's how I look at it, Anthony, mm-hmm. is that, you know, one of the reasons why we've uh, stuck around, in my mind anyway, is that we, 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 we've, we've had enough success in order to keep things going, right? But we haven't had too much success to the point where, you know, we all have our own little entourages and people are talking in your ear and it's like, you don't need those guys and blah, 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 and, you know, that kind of stuff. So yeah. uh, it made it easier for us to hang together, you know, and maybe out of necessity to some degree, you know, uh, <laughs> um, you know, psychologically and, you know, just sort of culturally and financially and all that kind of stuff. So, um, so, you know, it's like, I, I, who knows how it would have worked out if, uh, you know, we got the big push at Warner brothers and we were able to, you know, get radio play and, and I go blind would have been a big single. Certainly who the bullfish probably wouldn't have recorded it if, you know, we had already made it something big down there. So, enough, yeah. you know, I, I just, uh, I'm grateful for the way things worked out and, and don't spend a lot of time, uh, being bitter about, you know, what could have been. That's a great way to look at it. Yeah. Wonderful. Okay, so it is that time of the show where we are going to go into our rapid-fire section. Okay. So uh, just to recap our rapid-fire section, uh, we're going to ask uh, 20 questions, and you just let us know the first thing that comes to your mind. Sure. Okay. Rapid-fire questions. Favorite movie of all time? Bull Durham. 
Netflix or Disney Plus? Uh, Netflix. Favorite food? Uh, Thai. Hmm. Favorite book? Um, really the blues. Uh, favorite Marvel character? Uh, so, um, Marvel character. Now I'm just trying to think. DC Comics. I think I was more of a DC Comics. Um, so Hulk is Marvel, right? Yep. Yeah, I'll go with him. Hulk, all right. Uh, favorite song from the past year? Um, that's a very good question. This is always the Penguin. tough one. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, favorite DC character? So, um, so DC character, is the Flash DC? Uh, the Flash would fall into the DC universe, yep. Yeah, we're going to go with the Flash. Flash, good choice. Uh, beer, scotch, or wine? Okay, so that's that's impossible. I'll just say that's impossible. <laughs> so, so, so maybe uh, an order of preference. I would, I, I'm going to go with I'm going to go with wine. Wine, all right. Uh, PC or Mac? Mm-hmm. A Mac. Uh, iPhone or Android? iPhone. Poutine or fish and chips? What was the first choice? Poutine. Oh my god, that's a tough one. It's like two of my favorite foods. <laughs> I'm gonna go with. I'm going to go with uh, fish and chips. Oh, all right. Uh, it, it, pretty good for the West Coast, right? You, you're going to get fresher than you will here on Ontario. So, <laughs> well, there's, there's some crazy good places here that just <laughs> blow your mind. For yeah. sure. Uh, the, your favorite make of bass? Oh, it's, 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 it's Fender is the make, and the model is jazz. And that's, 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 that's it. Nice. Uh, Metallica or ACDC? ACDC. Uh, handshake or fist bump? Okay, I, I'm good with either one. Either right. one. Okay. Uh, weirdest secret talent. Weirdest secret talent. Um. Uh, I. Uh, that's a good one. I. I'd have to say. Uh. uh I would have to say. Uh, dancing. Dancing. Right on. Yeah, because 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 the the way I present it to other people is not the way I do it when I'm by myself. So it's definitely a secret. <laughs> Wonderful. Uh, name one band you would love to collaborate with. Oh, band you'd love to collaborate with. Mm-hmm. So that's how would you do that? I mean, what would collaboration entail? Would it be uh, doing a tour, would it be uh, writing a song, would it be recording something, would it be producing them, they produce us. Ooh, yeah, this, this is a tough uh, one. What yeah, about, what about uh, if you okay. were to make a song? And this song's going to go like make... top 10. Yeah, right, right, right. So um, I'm going to go with uh, Rolling Stones. All right, excellent. Um, let's see, have you ever peed on something in public? Uh, yeah. Right. Uh, the answer to that question is yes. <laughs> uh, your worst fear? Um, my worst fear. Uh, well, I would say I, uh, in a nutshell, I would be, uh, to, to, to be alone. Okay. Or to yeah. not have, not have meaning. 
Yeah. One of those two. That's legit. Yeah. I like that one. Uh, boxers or briefs? Apparently the ladies want to know. Okay. So I, I doubt that <laughs> highly. Uh, but but I tell you, I have a fine selection of both. And it, it depends on what I'm going to be doing. All right. Well, if you're dancing, you might want to go one way versus a formal affair. <laughs> It's exactly it. You're you're, you're on to me. Yeah. Uh, and the favorite yeah. podcast you've been on in the last twelve hours? Oh, it'd have to be this one. Oh, I hope so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. wonderful. Uh, so we have one more question uh, for you to round things out, and uh, it's from our last guest, uh, Eric Shankman from the Spin Doctors. His question sure. for you, and it actually sounds like it might be a little bit of a double-ended question, but uh, I'm going to put it all at once, and you let me know which way you want to answer this. What, if any, advice do you have for young road musicians with regards to food, old pulled pork, or wait for the salad? And the follow-up to that is, when your only choice is the pulled pork or old brisket, do you succumb to your hunger or still wait for the salad? That is a very complex question. (laughs) So I would say, here's, here's, and I think this answer is both of them. Succumb to your hunger. And eat the old pulled pork? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, it it depends. I think you have to trust your instincts. That's what I'm going to say with that. Trust your instincts. Okay. <laughs> I was wondering if there was like some type of uh, old uh, um, kind of a, a road thing about pulled pork or something. Or maybe it's like, no, you always avoid the pulled pork. <laughs> Uh, no, no, I don't. Okay. I don't avoid it. No, I, I, in fact, you had, I think, uh, you know, eating on the road is a, is a huge challenge. So I, I, I appreciate the question. It's a good one. <laughs> well, it's funny because we, we had, uh, again, Biff naked on the show and, um, she, as someone who was a vegetarian was saying it was always tough for her because she didn't want to make her bandmates have to worry about where they would go. So nine times out of 10, she'd end up eating like chips or, or a salad wherever she could get it. And sometimes a salad just right. was not a viable option. So she would just wait to the next place. <laughs> yeah. No, that's, that, that works too. Yeah. So she trusts her instincts as well. It's true. <laughs> Excellent. Um, before we go, do you have anything that you would like to, um, to pitch any social media, um, any things that you're passionate about, passionate about? Anything I'm passionate about. Yeah. Um, I want to pitch. Yeah. I heard you've done, you do some stuff for some charities and. Yeah. No, we've done lots. Yeah. I would have to say, uh, what I would like to say is, uh, uh, to everybody is to understand, uh, civics, understand history and act accordingly. Beautiful. Could not say it any better. Uh, if anybody wants to jump over to our website, of course, uh, we will post up a, a link uh, to not only uh, some 5440 music. Uh, I think we've got uh, uh, some access to uh, the Sublime Like Me videos, uh, the Keep On Walking uh, clip. And, uh, of course, uh, we will push out any of, uh, of course, your websites and, and social media as well. 
Well, Anthony, it's appreciated. I've enjoyed this. Thank you. Wonderful. Well, thank you very much for uh, coming on the show. Uh, I know you guys are constantly on tour, and, and it looks like you even have a, a little bit of a full schedule coming up uh, after the Christmas holidays. Uh, but we would love to maybe try to reconnect with you in the new year when Matt is also available, and uh, love to have you back on the show at some point. That sounds good. I look forward to it. Thank you. Have a wonderful evening. You too. Thanks, Anthony. Thanks. Take care. Bye. Okay, you too. Bye-bye. All right, so this is a good time to pitch our social media. You can catch us on uh, Facebook, which is the Freaking Awesome Podcast. Uh, you can go to our website, uh, www.thefap.ca. You can catch us on Instagram, and we are the Fap Podcast. Uh, you can see us on the Twitter, which is the Fap Four, uh, or you can catch us on our email, which is uh, thefappodcast at gmail We'd love to hear more from you, and uh, we look forward to talking with you again next time. I'm on the air, we on the air, we got this pocket. Ah, uh, uh, not again. Wicked sweet. <laughs>